Beer Podcast is brought to you by these cool dudes. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Tony from the Red Beer Podcast. It is Friday, and you're yeah. hanging out here with me and my boy, Costa. Yeah, man, yeah. what's going on? What up, kid? Yeah, man. So, uh, dude, I'm glad we're doing this again. Wait what a minute, up? dude. You don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't sound oh. like. You don't sound like Cooley. Hey. Oh, hey, Cooley. Hey, what's up, buddy? Oh, all right. Yeah. So, Jay, what the hell are you doing, man? Uh, I, I didn't. You guys think, me? Didn't, didn't think you were showing up. We're actually we were, we already started recording, yeah. man. Um, yeah. All right. I figured we did one together, so maybe Tony and yeah. I could. All right, man. Well, yeah, but Jay, that's crazy, man, because for a second I thought you were Cooley. That's crazy talk. <laughs> and you know what's even crazier is I can see him, and I didn't think it was him. <laughs> it's the beard. So, yeah. Everybody with a beard looks the, looks the same, right? They do. Yeah, you guys, you, you get the same <laughs> color, the same shade. You all look alike to me. Oh, <laughs> man. It's the, it's the bearded <laughs> podcast, except I, I shaved this morning. <laughs> so... But uh, but yeah, man. Um, dude, Jay, yeah, I just want to up nice. Yeah, I know, right? Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jay, I just want to uh, welcome you to being on the podcast, brother. Uh, this is this is awesome, man. Glad to have you. Um, Jay, nice to see you again, buddy. Yeah, we've been talking about trying to get all three of us together for a while, and it's just been like you know schedules. Yeah. But uh, dude, I'm I'm down for this. It's gonna be fun. So, um, so Cooley, man, how was your Thanksgiving, dude? Shit was tight. <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> it was lit, bro. Hashtag lit AF. <laughs> yeah, man. We had turkey. Did you? We, yeah. <laughs> it's stuffing. All right. Um, cranberry sauce. Olives. Olives. Olives, bro. Sounds like uh, a little bit of antipasto in there, bro. <laughs> no antipasto though. <laughs> you you made it like yeah, definitely, but none. <laughs> <laughs> little wine you know it was it was good though it was good man some some pastries pastries love <laughs> pumpkin pie you know like fucking like baked goods pastries i don't classify that i love pastries <laughs> but but i feel like i feel like a pastry is like a lemon meringue square yeah, like, oh, i got a pastry listen i gotta pay it's flaky but it's good <laughs> So, yeah, Court made like this pumpkin pie cake, which is like a combination of cake and pumpkin pie. So it's not the same thing as pumpkin pie and fudge, though. No, no. <laughs> which will make sense in the future, right. listeners. Yes. All right. But no, it's not. But. Yeah. All right. All right. So, and uh, uh, what and about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. It was it was a blast. Uh, you know, we we went to Becca's. Um, grandmothers and then um and oh my god and her family is like hardcore italian so it was it was antipas man like they start off with like the rolled you know meat mm. <laughs> and they start off they do like the peppers and the olives though yeah <laughs> and i i don't know if i'm not a big f- <laughs> i can see you co- coming to make a sound i can't give you straight face mm. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of the peppers and the olives, but I but I am a big fan of um oh my god, they had the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, all that good stuff. Yeah. So it was uh so it was <laughs> so it was really good. Um nevertheless, and Jay, uh making all the sounds over there, being a Foley artist, basically what is um how was your first married Thanksgiving? Cuz this was your first married Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um my beloved wife uh, made us some some food. Uh, I have dietary preferences, and mm-hmm. so she she made us some food, and uh, we brought it 
to my parents' house and hung out with my, my folks and uh, my brother and his wife and my nephew and had a great time and ate, had some uh, dessert and then uh, no pastries though. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> played some dice and it was great and uh, it was a blast. I had a great dice, time. Dice, man. That's, yeah, that's Not CeeLo or anything, not yeah. Yahtzee. Uh, it was a good time. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. All right. And um, yeah. It was, was your first married Thanksgiving too though, right? Actually, it was. Hey! Hey! Look at that. Yeah, it was, man. Mazel tov! Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it was. It was cool, man. Uh, It it was first married Thanksgiving, and uh, this will be my first married Christmas coming up. So that's cool, you know? It's a whole new experience, you know, in the the new house. So I'm excited for that. I don't know where we're going to put the Christmas tree. But uh, probably going to be behind me. <laughs> That's the only space I have. Our, our, my couch takes up the majority of the living room. So um, anyway, but uh, listen, so I think this is, this is cool, man, because uh, we've been trying to get together for a long time, all three of us, and uh, we finally made it happen. You know, schedules are a bitch sometimes. But, um, you know, we've been talking about paranormal stuff for so long, mm-hmm. and Paranormal stuff is great because it's interesting and there are people out there who believe in it and there are people out there who don't believe in it coolly, who's a skeptic. Uh, so, and it's fine. I, I figured out why I'm a skeptic, though. Tell me. I really want to know. Well. And I know you're serious about this. Yeah. So, and and I, was, I was thinking about the story that you told me last time when we were together, Jay, mm-hmm. when we got on, on the uh, podcast together. Um, I, I think Scooby-Doo ruined it for me. Scooby-Doo? All right. Yeah, like because like you you listen to. <laughs> I didn't see it going that way at all. Well, no, seriously, like you listen, right. listen, like you hear a story. Yep. About some kind of happening, and all I can think about is at the end of it, like somebody ripping a mask off their face, and like the big reveal that it's like <laughs> the guy that owns the club the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Or like, or like, uh, you know, just like in a house, like where you know you might be hearing some spooky sounds. It's like so, I there's a reveal at the end that it's something that's not supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it seems like it is, because in the Scooby Doo show, it like I mean, like they take the mask off the guy at the end, but throughout the whole throughout the whole show, like the ghost is see through, glowing, like right. really, like there's no way that that's a guy in a mask. Yeah, but at the end, it's a guy in a mask. It's a guy, in a right? Mask. So like, so like, no matter how real it looks, or no matter how scary it may seem. It's always a guy in a mask, and that's how that's how it is for me. It's like I always feel like it's just going to be something that just exists, that is explainable by you know just everyday normal like stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, I back that, and, and that's the thing too. Is like I, I understand that like it's it's all about for some folks. It's like <clears throat> it's a very subjective experience, you know. And if you don't have those experiences, then I, I don't expect anyone to, to believe it or have any foundation for it. Right. You know, if you've had an experience, then yeah, of course. You know, we we live our lives through our own eyes and through our own minds, so we're the only ones who truly experience what we do. You know, that's why people believe what they believe, whether it's you know spiritual or religious or anything like that. It's it's based on what one experiences and feels. And and so I get it. I, I can totally respect and understand why there are skeptics out there for for anything or people who might have a different belief in something. So I totally get it, you know, and like while I've you know I've had certain experiences, it's I'm the only one who experienced it. So that's like feeling as though you know, maybe someone who talks about an alien abduction, you know, to say right. like, oh, well, I don't believe you. Well, I didn't experience it. So who am I to say? I, I don't believe them. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to, mm-hmm. you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and, you know, assume positive intent mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, give them that, you know, give them that freedom to truly have that experience and, and, and share it with people, you know. 
that, that's just, you know, that's me. So I understand it totally. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I really like the fact that, that Cooley is a, is a skeptic mm-hmm. because it kind of, I feel like we balance each other well. Like I'm one of those people who believes in a lot of stuff because of things that I've experienced and things that I've seen and, and just the information that I, that I know about, you know, like, or that I've researched, like for me, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I base my beliefs on and, and what I think is real and not real. But then there's Cooley who will say, well, let's take a step back. Like he hasn't, you know, sometimes been read the information that I've read. So he can kind of have a different outside eye on it, which is great because then he can say, well, think about this. And it might be something that I might be blind to because I have a, a, a preconceived notion about exactly. it. And I like that. You know, so like the orb, you were like, well, maybe it was like a light behind you. And I'm like, there was not a light behind me, but thank you. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think of that, you know? So, so stuff like that's cool. Um, but, uh, but Jay, I mean, definitely we have you on as a guest today because you have had some experiences that we are very interested in hearing about. So let's just have you tell some, some, tell us about some of those experiences. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, well, I won't divulge all of it because I want people to go back in time and listen to those, that last podcast I did with Cooley. Well, you weren't there. You that were, is our fourth guest. Yeah, that's our, that's our fourth guest. Yeah. Hello, my name is Reginald. <laughs> Reginald. Reginald Walter Bartholomew Smith III. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so you weren't there the last time. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know where I was I going. I love that. it. I love it, though. And so... Essentially, you know, we uh, <laughs> I was uh, playing a show um, on tour and hanging out. Uh, and where was this? This is in Milwaukee, the good land. <laughs> Hashtag means <Wainsworth. laughs> Yes. Uh, it was at a venue. <clears throat> uh, it's a venue called the Rave or the Eagles Club. Um, and for some folks, uh, it, it's an old... Uh, there was a fraternity that once. Can, can I stop you for one second? Of course you so, can. So how did that happen? Where it's like it's called the Rave or the Eagles Club? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> those are very. <laughs> it's like one sounds like an awesome party, and then you like do a tons of drugs, and one sounds like a VFW. Come on <laughs> down, Eagles Club. We got drink specials. Dollar ninety nine for Pepsi. Well, ninety nine spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> you come on down. Well, because there's literally a plethora of, of venues in this one building it's a, it's a really large venue and so if you if you were to look it up online it's uh they've got a bunch of venues in there so gotcha. like it's it's usually i know it as the rave but i know it's like the eagles club and then there's like this other like small like a little bar in there and but it's a really cool cool place and we play in the big room and so there was uh it was at one time used by a fraternity and um so this particular fraternity um, that occupied that building at one point in time, you know, they, they do certain things. And so um, I'm not sure how much people or some of your listeners may or may not know, but, um, you know, whether there are electromagnetic anomalies or things, either way, it's energy. And Mm -hmm. there's energy that's captured in stored places, I believe. And uh, so the experience that we had had was you know it was our first time playing the venue and we were the first band on this tour so we were doing our sound check everything was fine sounded great new strings on all the instruments and so i went to the green room or our dressing room and uh, took a nap because i had done all the driving and i i felt like there was a presence there and that someone had said my name and so i you know came to looking around i thought it was like one of my guys that was in the room because i heard some noise and 
felt like there was someone there because it sounded like someone was there. And uh, I sum it up about in, in the same way, like as if back when we were kids, when someone would turn a television on in another room and mm-hmm. you were on the other side of the house and you could just hear it or feel it. It was that kind of that energy of that hum, right? you know, with that presence, feeling like someone was in the room and saying my name. But I, I didn't hear it when I was awake. So granted, I, I feel like, you know, it could be a coincidence, you know, like, right. um, could have been a dream state, whatever, what have you. But uh, we we played and couldn't hear anything out of the monitors, and especially on our lead guitar player side. And then, like all of a sudden, it was just like this loud feedback that just came out of Chris's monitor. It was just blaring, and mm-hmm. he's he broke a string. And it was just it was crazy. Our drummer had weird experiences, and so I remember one of the guys who was working there said, "Oh, yeah, we were talking about like, oh yeah, he's like, oh, it was a great show," and we're like, "Oh, not really," and. <clears throat> I said, oh, that's just them messing with you. I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, like, them, <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, just like yeah. nonchalant. Yeah, it's yeah, them. It's them. That's good. So he's like, well, you know, he says, you know, every every band, their first show here, um, there's always a band that reports a problem in this room, like when they play their first time. <laughs> okay. Jesus. So, and this is the same same venue, too, for some history. This is the same hotel where um, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer would actually go to, like, Oh, no dance way. club All right. and uh, pick up his victims and the, the hotel that he would go to is right across the street from this place or adjacent across the street. So, you know, That's coincidence. That's creepy nonetheless. It's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Coincidence, definitely. maybe. I don't know, but um, definitely experience. And that was, the, that was the last one I had talked about on that last podcast when I was with Cooley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's, that's interesting. Um, it and it was Connors jump. the whole time. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to jump in, yeah. Well, yeah, because like, uh, even, even still, there's like, a, there's like all kinds of rooms to this place. And the upstairs room, are, uh, <laughs> I would have gotten away with it. It wasn't for the pesky kids. Uh, like, <laughs> our bass player at the time, he had taken a bunch of photographs. And they were, you know, whether, you, you know, orbs, a lot of people talk about orbs and photos and, you know, dust flying through the light and you can just see it. But the the thing about his photos were that stuck out that there were these same shapes with these orbs throughout all the pictures taken from different perspectives. So it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't like, and it moved slightly. So it wasn't like, you could tell that it wasn't necessarily on the lens and it wasn't necessarily like, it didn't feel as though or it didn't seem as though that there were these particles that were floating by as the camera was taking the picture so it, it had these certain shapes to them that you know the perspective of the room changed mm. but that shape still remained with those orbs yeah that's what stuck out to me gotcha um and that's what stuck out to him too so you know that was that was one of one of my experiences uh, you know on, on tour on tour punch cool man yeah i mean now now coolie um, I, we've talked about this a couple of times, but I mean, just to kind of, you know, maybe, um, remind people that, that may have, have, uh, do not know this. Have you had any experiences that jump out to you at all? Things that may have happened to you that you think are strange or anything like that? Things that happened to me yeah. personally? I mean, like anything that you would consider like paranormal or like supernatural, <clears throat> maybe like anything like that. No. <laughs> See, and that's why I love him because he, yeah. you know what I mean. So, uh, because I mean, I told you about my mother-in-law on the boat, on the boat, on the cruise. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. I had an experience on the boat. Yeah, Did she really? had a, she. It was basically sleep paralysis. Is is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, but she believes that 
there was a uh, and who am I to say that it wasn't? But right. I mean, like she believes that there was like a spirit that was like holding her down um, while you know she was sleeping, and like I I was actually sleeping in the bed next year because like that's like the weird shit that my family does we all got a, a cabin together on a cruise with mother-in-law and everything it was just it was hashtag new kids on the block yep great uh so yeah, it was it was fun though i gotta say it was fun we had a yeah, lot dude, of fun you loved it man. but but um <laughs> but yeah so like she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like she's like hey anthony and I'm like, what the fuck? And I like look over and she's like, she's laying there and she's like, her eyes are wide open. She's like staring at me. Anthony, help, help me, help me. It's like this really weird, like, like, like she's being strangled, like, and trying to squeeze the breath out of her mouth, like yeah. to talk. And it was, and then she finally like, was like, I can't move. And then like, you see her and like, she, then she gets up and she's like crying. She's wailing and she like could swear that it was like somebody holding her down. Um, but that's like the extent of anything like paranormal or weird mm-hmm. that I may have been involved with or been like privy to. But still, I mean, like that's explained away to me by sleep paralysis. That's basically yeah. what that is. So I've had a <clears throat> friend of mine who actually had a similar experience, but it's not similar at all. He actually uh, fell asleep, woke up, couldn't move. Right. But then like he was able to kind of get out of it. So he was like, that was weird. And he kind of like, like freaked out for like a half hour. He went back to sleep and then he woke up in another room, but he was at the foot of the stairs. Like, like if he had rolled over an inch, he would have like rolled down the stairs. And that happened to him three times in that house. He's like, so maybe sleepwalking or like, I've thought about sleepwalking. Right. But I was like, it's very interesting that he would pick the stairs like like. But to the point where, like, if he rolled over, like they were like, I've been to that house and I've seen those stairs. They're not like they're not like carpeted, like, you know, stairs. They're they're not they're they're wooden stairs, but they're also extremely steep. So if you like if you were to roll over and fall down those stairs, like it's serious injury. You know, like you, like when I was walking down the stairs, I was like, dude, like these are like, like, do these like more steep than usual? He's like, yeah, this house is really old. And so, so in the combination with that, you know what I mean? And the fact that he would wake up at the foot of the stairs, like, I mean, I understand people sleepwalk, but usually they, in studies show that sleepwalking, you follow normal patterns of, of where you are when you're normally alive, like, like alive when you're awake. Was it summertime? Uh, I don't think so. No. The only my brain immediately. Actually, no, it was winter. Actually, yeah. Oh, winter. So I, my, my brain went to like if it's wooden stairs, wooden floor, it's cool. So if it's hot and you like lay on the floor, like if you're in a sleep state, you would go to mm-hmm. the wood, but that doesn't sound like it's. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I've never heard that, but I mean, like, I've never even would have thought of that, but I mean, that's interesting because he. It was just weird for him. He's like, why would I wake up at the foot of the. St-? Like, I, I don't. I, that's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It freaks me out. He's like, because it kind of really hurt myself. So I don't know. I always thought that was very weird. So who knows? So like the other thing about the cruise ship thing was like as soon as that happened, like I, I jumped on my phone and I played like, like, you know, like in every fucking horror movie, like everybody goes to like, you know, the library and they break out the microfiche and they're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Nowadays, it's a cell phone. Yeah. Right. So I break out my cell phone, go to Google and I'm looking up like, you know, because it's a it's a carnival cruise. So like I, I'm looking it up and I'm, uh, you know, I look up all the carnival carnival cruise ships that had, you Ex- know, a death on it. Right. 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 
the, the the ship I'm on is like the only one in the fleet that hasn't had some weird like friggin' like death or or suicide or yeah. or uh, you know thing that happened that was that could result in there being a ghost on the ship. It's the only ship that didn't have anything go wrong. That's crazy, man. So I'm like, okay, cool. So there's no correlation. So like I was I listen. I try sometimes to like to find something to make me believe. Right. And I still have. It's just I still haven't. I still haven't come across it myself. And I, but I think that's I, I I like that because I feel like when you do have something, it probably stick out to you. You know. Um. So one of the things I find is interesting, and 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 all three of us actually know this guy because we work with him, and I know that he doesn't care if I use his name because we've talked to him on a podcast before, and and that's fine. His name's Bruce Calver. He's actually uh, a magician, and we talked about him numerous times. He because of what he does, he doesn't really believe in like, like like supernatural things. And I remember we were in the break room once and this came up and I said to him, you know, my grandmother had an experience and, and he literally like tore it apart. Like to the point where like, I understand like where he was rationalizing it from. And I know he doesn't know my grandmother, like why would he? But at the same time, it's kind of like, I understand where he's coming from. And I can, and I, the story is very, very quick, but basically my grandmother, my, my grandfather passed away in, in 2008, um, or it might've been a year earlier, but he, he passed away and he, my, my grandmother was in the same apartment that, you know, they were in when he passed away, he passed away in, in a hospice, but, um, she was making breakfast and, and she felt like a presence of something behind her. So she turned around and she sees this blue haze. Right. And she wasn't frightened by it. She didn't feel scared. She just saw it and she kind of like looked at it. And she said, if when I looked down to the ground, I saw this, the same uh, shoes and pants that your grandfather used to wear. And she's like, and I was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. She goes, and then it literally the feet turned around and walked away. She goes, and they turned around the corridor. She goes, and as soon as I followed it, she goes, it turned the corner, I turned the corner, and it wasn't there. And my grandmother has no reason to make up stuff like that. Like, she's never gone out of her way. Like, like she's just going through her normal day, making breakfast, you know? And, like, she feels something, and she feels the need to turn around. Right. And, and he's like, well, maybe, you know, she was thinking about something, and it was a memory, and she had, like, a, her imagination. And it's like, yeah, the, I get that. Like, I get that. Sure. But no. <laughs> like, was that you Bruce Calver or me? Because I remember having that conversation with you. Well, it was, he was, it, we were both in the room. I was in that room. Too. Were you really? He was there. I, you were, you table. were at the computer. That's yes. right. Yeah. yeah. So you guys all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, that experience is, is something that I obviously did not have eyesight to, but it sticks out to me as something that's very strange and can't be explained. And why would my grandmother lie? And who knows, you know? So interesting, you know, I, I just wonder why. It makes me when people say they don't believe in in that stuff and there's no reason for them to definitively say it didn't happen without them being there, then how can you disprove it? You can't. And that's where the subjectivity comes from. It's right. Like if you've experienced it, like, you know, what happened. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I personally believe your grandmother because we don't know how this all works. Right. We don't know how many dimensions there are. We don't know how this works. Is, is it a multiple dimension? Is it like. Is it a, you know, a blip in the matrix or, you know, just to use that term? Yeah. You know, one never knows. Like, so how is it, you know, when there's so many cultures, you know, we're talking like 
indigenous tribes and cultures that have talked about like the passing of life into the next realm or the next world and even this environment and this earth going into different worlds it's it's been talked about for millennia so one never knows how it all works but there are ancient teachings and people you know whether you chalk it up as as esoteric teachings or are these are like folklore and mythologies that are passed on i like to believe that some of it's you know it's rooted in in some truth and some maybe some misinterpretations as well based on what people may or may not know when they experience it. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you have somebody who's like, oh, I saw this. Like, maybe like, I don't know, 150 people saw it. You're like, okay, well, that's weird, right? But when you have like, you know, people in different cultures all over the world are experiencing something similar, that would win any court case in the world (laughs) with that many witnesses. You know what I mean? So very interesting. You know, it can't be just... That that's why I, it sticks out to me. It's not just a very singular group of people. It's people from different backgrounds, cultures, everything that have experienced stuff like that. So, but what, I mean, t- let's give it. Let's hear something else you've experienced. I'm really interested. Oh, Definitely, right, man. Because now you got like a ton, man. You I don't know where to go some with stuff. This. I was gonna go into something else right now. No, uh, go for it, man. Exp- Whatever. Well, it's yeah. not necessarily my experience, but uh, was it Okikahara, uh, the forest in Japan? Yeah, yeah. At the foot of Mount Fuji, uh, for instance. Um, this is this forest that people literally go into and commit suicide that's the forest that rob was talking about mm-hmm. when he was going to go to japan right 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 did they they didn't yeah, go and, Ju- and julie was uh like that was her big thing like julie wanted to go and see that uh that forest like that was that was like the big reason why she wanted to go to japan she wanted to, for that she wanted to walk into the forest. i would have been afraid if i was her partner yeah yeah you know that's well no she didn't want to go there to commit oh, okay. suicide. she just wanted she, to see it she yeah went, yeah, because like she, it was fascinating to her. Yeah, no, no, I know. It's just that's sure. an interesting, f- yeah, place. And and this is where I mean they do a sweep of this forest annually, and they will find, on average, between seventy to one hundred and fifty bodies. That's insane. Like like per year or per per year annual year. Oh my god! And the, you know people will go in there and they'll tie ribbons around trees to find their way back out. If they go in, they they find notes, they find backpacks, they find cars parked there for months on end, and they know the ultimate demise of these folks. So you know, there's ancient Japanese. You know, I've been to Japan, toured there, and you know, there's tales and there's people who talk about it that this is a forest you do not go into because they believe that it is evil and correct. Right, yeah. There's That's my cat red. Half half in and half out cats. <laughs> that there is there is an energy there and that some people who go in with maybe negative thoughts won't escape those negative thoughts, you know. So whether there's, you know, electromagnetic anomalies we don't know. And and that's the thing about mountains. Mountains have always been viewed by cultures as, you know, gates and gateways, mm-hmm. you know, the axis mundis where people have felt power and energy that's why you know you talk about pyramids whether they're step pyramids or whatever and you know from mesoamerica to to egypt all over the globe we're talking ancient civilizations with these structures that are designed and built to look like mountains that are gateways that are believed in cultures that are portals for energy so in in these people's beliefs that they're going there they're escaping this realm to go to another realm so we don't Exactly. We don't know how this works. You know, you know, what's interesting is that uh, we so you and I have actually have you seen the movie The Conjuring? I have not. So um, there's actually um, a really 
cool woman that we've had the privilege to talk to a couple of times. And she's a, a friend of mine is Andrea Perrin, who has lived in the house, the real house of the conjuring. And she believes that that farmhouse is a portal to like another world. And she uses that, that, uh, that metaphor hundreds of times. And I just think it's very interesting. When you say portals, you know, like we don't know if this is like one dimension, you know, like the very weird thing. So, um, yeah, that, that, but that forest, man, that, that's trippy. Like, it really is. Like, a 75, holy shit, that's a lot of people dead and just, like, walking in there and just, like, like, people walking in there and losing their shit over, st- we have no idea what's going on either. What did they see? No, exactly. And, and, and this is the thing, too, about, you know, mountains and energy and that forest. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. What, what do you think, Cooley? Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> portals so, and like energy, and it, it's it's all fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, it. I, I just I, I I I'm listening and I'm fascinated and I'm 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 intrigued. It's it's entertaining. Yeah, to me, and I, I don't. I'm not I don't want to sound like I'm being like, you know, disrespectful to anybody else's like feel. But it to me, it sounds it's pure entertainment. You feel like it's more sci fi, I think. Yeah, I feel like I I mean, I've read books. I've I've read stories. I've read the fiction. And I think a lot of people have read the fiction. And like when you say stuff like, you know, like, well, all these people around the world have had experiences like this. And it's like, yeah, there are people around the world that have also been influenced by other people's stories. Mm -hmm. And true. You know, once you once the cat's out the bag, you know everybody's seen you know Jesus's face in a painting or in a in a in a, in a piece of cloth or in a sheet or in a pillowcase or in, in a, piece a piece of, of pizza, t- piece of toast. Yep. Yeah, yep. You know, like the rust on a pipe. Oh my God, it's Jesus's face, or it's the or it's the Holy Mother. Like I mean, like there, like once the story is out there, it it perpetuates, like the possibility of actually being able to like have these experiences yourself because like your mind like just does it to you. Like it's not something that you do consciously. Right. 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 So yeah, for, for me it's, it's entertaining and it's, and it's, uh, and it's fun. And when I see people like around, like you say, around the world, it's almost like for me, it's like geocaching. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh, (laughs) happened over there. Oh, Japan. (laughs) There we go. We got one in Japan. Right. Like, and, and so, you know, until I until I actually, because here's here's the bottom line for me. If it for me, if it was like if it was that real, then it would be there would be mass experiences. It wouldn't be like a group of people here, a group of people there. Every now and then, somebody yeah, but it springs could be up. Location based, but too, you, though, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, no, but, I, if it's, but even if it's location based, how come there's not like how come like you just can't go to that place and experience the shit? Well, who says you can't? It, like you could walk into that forest, but you take a chance. And, and <laughs> there, there's a lot of theories too talking about how their frequency, you know, this frequency is everything, and, and light is a vibration. Everything is a vibration. So dependent on where one's frequency is, they would experience something on a different level than someone else. So with that being said, having someone who's maybe, you know, having a bad day. Right. And and the only reason I say that is uh, I wanted to jump in is because the there's been things that I've read and people that I've talked to, especially the parent family, they moved into that house. And what they believe is that because it would now this is what 
this is what I've read. So that there are, when you have a, a, a younger group of teenagers who are going through like the adolescent phase, phase it's a different type of energy. Mm-hmm. And those kids were very young where they were growing up in that house. So the demon or entity that was in that house fed off that energy and literally like sucked the life out of that family. Like the mother, they, they even said that their mother aged faster than they'd ever seen from the 10 years that they'd been in that house. Like it looked like the life had been sucked out of her. So it literally like takes the energy from that, that family and, and those kids and uses it to become stronger. And even though that sounds like something out of a freaking sci-fi novel, it, it's not an uncommon thing for people to actually find that. Like, like the, the people that, uh, the Amityville house, right. a lot of the people that, that like, there were like four or five kids that moved into that house with their parents and the people that lived in there, um, before and after have not had any experiences. It's like, well, this is bullshit. Like it was all perpetuated, but it's like, it wasn't the same circumstances. Right. It wasn't five young kids. It wasn't, the, the, the specifics of that family per se that seemed to you know, have the right energy that made them vulnerable to whatever was in the house. And I think that that's very interesting. And also, um, you know, if you look at the Amityville, um, uh, they have like the case files or whatever. There's the freakiest thing I've ever freaking seen. They have a time-lapse camera set up. And there is literally a photo that if you look at it closely, you won't see anything, but they zoom into a staircase and you see what looks like a legit kid's face literally looking around, like peering around the banister, looking directly into the camera, like knowing like the picture is going to be taken. And it's got like white eyes, but dead on like a kid's face. Like you can't say that's not a kid's face. I'll show it to you. It's freaky as shit. First time I saw it, I got goosebumps. It was the weirdest thing as I've ever seen. So there is something there, but whether it preys on the family in the house is up to circumstance. That's what I believe. Right on. Like whether it's that energy that they're, you know, they can feed off of, or it feeds off of, you know, energy, whatever it is, you know, um, you know, I, I personally like, you know, I'm, I'll put it on the record just so, you know, people can, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way so that you can actually, you know, scrutinize my feelings or my belief about this. I believe that there is energy. I believe that there are different dimensions and different, um, I do believe there are portals and gateways and I do believe that there is a, there's a veil. And when you, when you peer behind that veil and when it's thinnest, that's when we see these, you know, apparitions or Mm -hmm. we feel certain energies when it's at its thinnest. And, And then I know whether they're ley lines or different energy fields, like whether you talk about the Bermuda Triangle, whether you talk about even the Bridgewater Triangle, mm-hmm. um, there are different spots, you know, around the earth that a lot of ancient cultures gravitated to, had experiences at, and they made them either their holy places or, you know, their, their damned places based on experiences that they had. And their tales would be like, you don't go there. And granted, yeah happenstance like something bad could have happened it was coincidence sure or whatever and i get that i totally do but feeling energy and feeling and having an experience will change everything and again i think it it all has to do with with frequency and vibration and and energy you know Mm -hmm. based on the the observer 
Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to ask you about one of your other experiences because I definitely want to hear about, about another thing that you've experienced personally. I can do either. I mean, positive, negative. What would you, I can, I got, what's po- the, what's the weirdest thing you've experienced? Oh, gosh, I feel, <laughs> I feel ill prepared. All right. Uh, we- weirdest, weirdest I've experienced. Um, gosh, it's usually, I mean, that one was weird because I felt like someone had said my name and was there and around me. Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans was weird. Um, oh, it's so weird, man. Cause everybody says New Orleans is like, got some stuff going on. New Orleans. And I'm not just saying that like to be, Oh, it's New Orleans. Uh, it's weird. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like legit. Like there, there are folks that you meet like, so there was a guy at the show. We played the House of Blues in New Orleans. And so a couple things had happened. But one of the things that I remembered most was this gentleman who was just, he was talking to me. And I just had this feeling like this guy isn't here. This guy isn't part of this. It, granted, this is my opinion and my perception. And I get that. Just really odd, very awkward like talking to me. And like I felt like this guy is not of this era. Like, didn't like yeah sure he was like clothed regularly but like i don't know there was something about it and so my guitar player at the time and i were talking to him and i was thinking something and he says to me he's like that dude didn't seem like he was like around from around here even though he was talking about from being around there and i was like i was thinking the same thing so whatever it is what it is we were the two talking to him so we had the, the next day off, and so we were going to take the day off in New Orleans. We parked um, at this RV park and with this other band that was – they were on a tour bus, so they're like, oh, we know this RV park. We're going to go here, whatever. Well, unbeknownst to us, we didn't know that night because it was nighttime. We drove to the place, yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to keep it short. I know I talked too long. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it makes so, sense. So we park, and we're going to get some sleep. We're going to wake up and hang out the next day. Great. Sure coincidental absolutely possibly but both of us had similar dreams and had similar weird dreams the next morning we wake up we didn't know we were between two cemeteries two old cemeteries from like when you know it was first colonized by the french so we're hanging out in the french quarter between these two old cemeteries having similar and weird dreams after talking to this weird guy that we both had the same vibe from so whether this person was some sort of entity or some sort of weird person putting out this energy or was it trying to get energy from us, did, he, did it infiltrate us? Did it infiltrate our psyche? I know it sounds weird, but that was, those are questions we're asking each other. Like, what happened? Because we both had a very similar experience. We both talked to the same person, and we were both you know, on a similar trajectory in life. <laughs> Inside joke. And... and <laughs> And just felt like we were experiencing like something similar simultaneously. Just bizarre, you know? It is weird. Just uneasy. More of an uneasy, more than just like, okay. Uh, um, what was the dream? Loosely, it was there was a female in the dream. And it's, it's been about three years now. But it was, there was a female in her dream. There were stones. There was just this her having an influence on us and telling us and affecting us in like this weird way that made us feel uncomfortable. That's the most I remember of it. Just to okay. be completely honest, I, I don't remember all the details. But we both remembered this woman. We both remembered these rocks. That was it. Hmm. 
bizarre. That is interesting. Yeah. That we would both have those similarities in our dream. Now, there's something else, too, where you could have a conversation with somebody and or be in the same room with somebody and someone's thinking something and then you say it. So I don't know if it's wavelength. I don't know if it's somebody and I don't know how that works. You know, I've had similar dreams with my wife or before we were married, you know, we were we had these similar dreams. So I don't know if it's because you're so close to somebody, you get you kind of think along the same way or you've experienced the same kind of day. So subconsciously, you're mind is kind of taking these images and and putting it out there i believe in that because i've had i've had like me and my wife will think the same thing when we first started dating it was like it was the same thing like oh i was just thinking that that's weird like to the point where it was like what it was too many times right you know so i don't know i mean what do you what's your thought on that like you know dreams and things and and like someone like he was saying having the same dream you know uh oddly enough i believe I do believe in energy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, shit, we're using energy right now to record a podcast. Right. But I mean, I believe in. I do believe in energy and like the, like how it can permeate like a group of people. Like, and 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 if we get in sync, there can be, you know, similarities in the way that we think and the way that we communicate and the way that we the way that we speak. Even like, I mean, a, a buddy of mine. And I are, uh, you know, Ryan, kid that uh, I, intro- or the grown man that I introduced you to at the uh, uh, Comic Con, um, grew up together. It's my buddy. I mean, like we we finish each other, we still finish each other's sen- sentences. It's it's uncanny, um, but to me, that's I, I see that as less like less of a paranormal thing and more of a just like you said, wavelengths. Man, we're on the same wavelength. Um, which is a, a actually a, a pretty well known, you know, saying um, or ism. But you, yeah, like like those wavelengths, those energies. Uh, it's like, dude, like like when women like sync up their periods, bro. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You live in the house for the same for for a certain amount of time. Like you set your watch by it. You know what I mean? And. Same thing with, uh, I, I think that's the same thing with like dreams, nightmares, uh, you know, aspirations, like your your feelings, your hopes, your, and, and I mean, just like your, I mean, just your general energy level, not your, not what you, what you hope to accomplish, but just your level of hope for that thing. It, it's all related to like the people that you surround yourself with, but I, whether or not that's paranormal, I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm not enough of an expert to actually label it, but I don't see it as a paranormal thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally agree with that too, because I feel as like society has moved forward and progressed for lack of better terms. Um, you know, there's always been such a division between spirituality and science. And personally, I don't feel as though there should be any division because I feel as though that there's, there are similarities between the two that can be explained, you know, whether they're, you know, electromagnetic anomalies or, you know, wavelengths, that common phrase, like where people can be in sync with thoughts and feelings and ideas. You know, this, there's talks of, you know, the indigo children, like the, the indigo children are supposed to be this new, you know, race of kids and children that are in tune with things. So like, where are these thoughts and ideas coming from? Like, why are people more empathetic than others? Why are people more compassionate? It's upbringing, it's subjective, sure, but I believe that there's something else to it. There are some people who just have it. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I think that 
the division between science and spirituality is that there hasn't been anything that you can scientifically prove as far as spirituality is concerned. Right. So that's why there's a rift between the two. Like, I mean, if, if science could prove spirituality, then they would be married. I mean, there would be, there would be a marriage between the two and, and inherently just, I mean, at its very base level, spirituality just wouldn't be spirituality anymore. So you, you, you would eliminate it completely if, if it had a bond with science in, in any way, shape or form. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing with spirituality, and I said this before, it's like it's, it's how we explain the unknown. Yeah. And, if it, and if there's something that we don't get, that we don't understand, and we can't explain through science, then it's spiritual and it's, and it's, uh, you know, it's otherworldly, it's paranormal, it's, it's aliens, it's, it's ghosts, it's spirits, it's, it's what have you. And uh, like I said, I, I'm more of a, I am more of a scientific mind. I, I'm not saying completely 100%, but I do want that proof. I want that evidence. I want to see it concrete in front of me. This is what's going on, right? And yeah, sure, it would explain away the spiritualism of it, but it would give a, a label and it would make it a real thing. It would make it concrete. It would say, this is what it is. And I can show a picture to somebody. We can write an article about it. We can share experiences. And there's really like, I, how many shared experiences are there really? Like, I mean that, that, you know, Hey, I had this experience, he had this experience and we can actually talk about it. Right. Unless again, like it's this, this group of people that have been in sync with each other for, you know, months, years, you know? Well, I think as far as shared experiences go, I mean, there are people who have seen the same thing, but they haven't, it hasn't been like a mass experience. Well, I'm saying two However, people that haven't, two people that don't know each other, right? Mm-hmm. Or just met yesterday, go and stay in a hotel and have the same experience. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that, heard that, have any, it's usually like a family, it's usually, you know, good friends, uh, uh, you know, husband and wife, uh, you know, whatever, but not not complete strangers going in and having a shared experience and then coming out and saying, hey, I don't even know this person, but I'm telling you, what they're telling you is right. You know what I mean? This, what mm. they're saying is accurate. And I haven't seen that unless we're talking about a paranormal expert and somebody that they just met because now... You know, either they're trying to like, you know, make their case for for being a paranormal expert. You know what I mean? Like if somebody without a dog in the fight meeting somebody else who doesn't have a dog in the fight and both of them coming to terms and saying, hey, we just saw this thing. I've ne- I have never seen that. I mean, but they but they OK, so that's a valid point. But they do actually have I've seen episodes of stuff like that on like Ghost Hunters where like somebody will they'll have like two interns that like literally like applied for this thing and they both come in and who knows it's reality tv but i mean like it seems like it's legit to me and it seems like there are these two people that don't know each other that are coming in for this filmed thing and they see something and they both like you know have the same experience as far as like a mass experience or a mass sighting this is a whole nother realm that that you and i could get into jay but Mm, i mean um there are there have been UFO sightings that people see like I mean like hundreds of thousands of people that they see at once as something in the sky and it's documented that this thing was seen and a ton of people saw it but then it's just kind of brushed under the rug like eh, yeah maybe you saw it maybe you didn't who knows that's that's the end of that 
You know, and that's interesting to me. It's, I think about, um, I'm an observationalist and I like to, I remember realizing when I was young, I would see two people who didn't know each other, you know, whether it was at a mall or somewhere, a restaurant, and they weren't looking at each other. They weren't, they weren't sitting together. But I remember seeing and observing both of these people, and this has happened multiple times, and maybe you've experienced this, where they're both yawning at the same time, but they didn't see each other yawn, and they didn't start the yawn, and that one didn't see this one, and, and they're yawning at the same time. And I've seen that often. I've seen people yawning like they're on the same wavelength, or like, granted, it might mean nothing, but I don't feel as, I don't feel as, it's just this coincidence. Coincidence. I feel as though that there's something underlying there, and and that's where like I'd like to know. You know, there's everything in nature has been calculated. You know, there's we can see the golden spiral in so many things, in the way patterns and growth of plants and organisms and it's it's mathematics it's it's geometry it's it's calculated so something so calculated but yet so profound and so beautiful and so mysterious at the same time and that's the stuff that fascinates me that's the stuff that makes me tick Mm -hmm. um but you know who knows i i I don't know i I don't know what my point was but i just remember (laughs) the yawn story no i mean it makes sense because you're thinking that there's something else out there that we can't explain interconnectedness and where people might be aligned and not even realize it, you know, and I don't know. It's, it's the unexplained, you know? And, and so to, to, to echo what you were saying, you know, I understand like spirituality and science, you know, <clears throat> you know, they say, what, what's the quote? Uh, faith begins where all reason is exhausted or I'm paraphrasing, but, and, and I get that because when you can't explain anything, then you just chalk it up as well. It's a spiritual experience. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and I get it. Like some things just we can't explain yet because of what our minds are only able to comprehend at this point or whatever point it is throughout, you know, the timeline, you know, ancient cultures and what they would, you know, what they would interpret as, you know, uh, you know, a sky being, a sky god, you know, yeah, right. being like a misinterpretation, misinterpretation of a visitor from maybe somewhere else, right. whether maybe it's someone who just sailed over from another continent or someone who came from the sky. Right. We don't know. Right. Now, if some of this stuff was explained as just a simple, like, echo of energy that was left behind, that's, that's something that I can maybe get behind and maybe even say, hey, I, I might believe in that, right? See, but the intelligence behind some of the spirits and the... Go- like, I can't... I cannot figure out for the life of me what the friggin' end game is for a ghost that's just like, oh, he made it cold in the room, or it's, or, or it's, I just heard a creak. Like, what, what does that do for the ghost? Like, what's the ghost doing? Like, is so, the ghost like, ah, yeah, I scared that motherfucker. Like, what, what is the, is it like Casper? Like, where the like, goal is just let's scare these people? Like, no, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think that's it at all. I mean, I think, I mean, if, if a certain type of energy is echoing a, 
is echoing like a time frame or is just kind of like a repeater of something that happened in the past. I don't think that goal necessarily – I don't think that ghost necessarily is even there necessarily. That's I, what I'm saying. I think it's necessarily just an energy that that is there that is kind of like trapped there for whatever reason. So most you know, paranormal uh, professionals will say or experts will say that if a ghost walks through a wall, at one time there was a door there. You know what I mean? And the structure has been altered and changed since then. So, and I always found that very interesting, right? And then they say if 90% of the time, if you look up the architectural structure, there was a door there at one time. And that energy is just repeating itself. I feel if there's a creak, then that is probably just the, the you know, simply the wood is worn out and it creaks, you know, or, I mean, my, my door to the, the new house that I'm in, I mean, like, if you let that door open, it, you know, it's, it's a creak, you know, I don't think it's, the sound is there to scare anybody. I just think it's that object moving, which is creating a noise that in horror movies has been, you know, kind of articulated to be something that's supposed to be scary. Like, somebody's in the house. Oh, shit. You know, like, we're going to get killed. I mean, if you watch enough horror movies, they make you think those sounds mean, mean the worst. Right. You know, but when I, I don't I, think that they do. I say creaking as just an example, but I'm saying, like, like people, people say, oh, there's a ghost in the house. Mm-hmm. They say it because they've heard noises or they've heard um, or they felt, a, you know, cold air or they've 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 experienced something that something fell over off the desk without nobody touching it. Yeah, but those are but times. What's when you, the friggin point? Why is but, the ghost doing it? Why? Yeah, but see, though, in those situations, that's and I'll, and I'll get to you in a sec, Jay, but those are the situations where I feel like it's not. It's definitely not always a ghost. Like that's when you hire somebody to come in and go, okay, the breeze is from the draft coming from the window or that, that shelf that something fell off of is tilted and something slid off of it. Or, you know, the, the, the noise that you're hearing is the plumbing in the wall. Or you know, it's what not- if it flies across the room? What if somebody, what if a ghost throws a dish across the room? What's the fucking point? Well, I feel like if I'm it's asking. something flies across the room, I mean, then that's obviously could be different than just a ghost. Then you're mm. looking into a different realm of something being demonic and trying to actually inflict harm on somebody. But what if it's not trying to inflict? What if what if something flies across the room in the complete opposite direction of where you're standing, but it's just... Because it's trying to let you know that it's there. It's trying to basically say, hey, I'm getting your attention for a reason. Like, if you watch The Sixth Sense... Granted, it's a movie. It's an M. Night Shyamalan freaking phenomenon. It was his only best movie. Plot twist. Yeah, but if you, if you, twist. but if you watch that, like that, that, that ghost, that little girl in the movie was scary at first because she, you know, she shows up in his tent and she's throwing up and it, it's scary as shit. Cause you don't know what the hell's going on. Why is she? But then when he actually says, okay, he runs away from it. And then he says, wait, what do you want? And then you find out that like, she was basically trying to give him or show him where a tape was that showed how her mother was poisoning her. You know what I mean? Which he, which they then gave to the father and had the mother like basically convicted of a crime because she was hurting her children your child. So, you know, I don't I don't think it's it's a way of of getting your attention, but in if you're if you don't see something and something moves because of the stigma of horror movies and I think a lot of things out there that shit automate automatically freaks you out and you don't know how to deal with it. You know, if you can't see it and you can't see somebody physically move it, oh my God, it's a ghost, I'm afraid. You know what I mean? Rather than taking a second being like, what's going on here? Rationalizing. You know, rationalizing it. What is trying to get my attention? You're no more afraid about getting hurt. 
So yeah, it, it, I I remembered um, the only time that I had I personally had ever had two experiences in my parents' current house, very nice home that was built in the mid forties. These two brothers built the house. They were carpenters, master carpenters. They built it for their sister, and they lived there. And they were the first owners, and my parents were the subsequent second owners. We were the my brother and I. My brother's six years older than I am, but we were the first like kids to to really be in the house. But I was nine when we moved in, and I was probably about eleven. Uh, no, probably a little bit older. Anyway. Um, in our bedroom, I had noticed I was, my brother and I shared a bedroom. Well, we shared a bedroom for years, but he wasn't home and I was in the bedroom and this, I will always forever say to my, my last breath, there was the feeling of literally someone right on the side of my face, breathing into my ear, like just taking breaths, just and I jumped up from my bed and ran to the living room and like, hey, Ma, where are you? Like just nervous and scared and like trying to figure out where everybody was just because I knew I had experienced something and it was odd and it scared the living shit out of me. Mm. And I had never had any experience like that. That same month, we had a black fly infestation in our basement at a window right near where our window was. It's like the washer and dryer were right there and there was like a little window right there. I mean... To this day, I've never seen anything like it. Just a massive amount of black flies. Now, there's, there's no food over there. There's no manure. There's nothing. It's, it's in a basement. And it's like that the window, and it like kind of drops down, and there's like a metal grate above it. Yeah. You know that kind of like yeah. basement window? Okay. But the flies were inside. So there's no way for them to get in there. Right. See, that's weird, man. You've seen, you've seen Amityville, right? I, I, I have, but yes. you know what I'm saying. Like the black flies is also like supposed to symbolize and, like demonic. Presence and this and was shit. before I saw Amityville, so that's fucking weird. And this was this feeling and this energy that I felt awkward about. Now my mother is a very spiritual person, and my mom started smudging because my mom felt something too. Because my mom had had experiences that she still to this day never shared with me, and my mom did some things. Thank God, knock on wood, nothing's ever returned. But it was this whole weird vibe that, I mean, my, my family, we are so tight. I mean, I kiss my brother on the cheek. That's, we're that tight. We love mm-hmm. each other. But at that point in our family's life, we were, it was the weirdest thing. My grandfather had passed away, and my dad was really like, he was just despondent, really like kind of like not himself. And like there was just a lot of tension with everybody, and it was just really awkward and weird. And there was a lot of negative energy. And it was all around the same time. So that's where, like, I started really understanding this energy and this, you know, unbeknownst to me. But yeah, you can't, you I can't, mean, like, and I experienced it. And I experienced the breath, but my whole family experienced the flies yeah. in the basement for no apparent reason. There's nothing there. There's nothing that the flies would be drawn to. There's no food. There's nothing... I, nothing. It's not a kitchen. It's, it, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So what are they there for? There's no poop. I get to understand if there's like a cat poop or dog poop or nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's weird, man. I mean, those, like, like when you, just because of stuff I've read, they've always said 
they've always said that like flies often lead to like other weird experiences. It's, it's a symbol of something. It's not necessarily like an actual fly. It's more of like a representation right. of something else. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I never knew that at that at that age. And at that luckily. age, that's why it's interesting because there's no preconceived notions about what that might be. No, just a you feeling. Know? Just a feeling. Yeah. Of this doesn't feel right. I feel this is awful. Right. And this, I see. I feel like that's. A, I feel like that's a little bit more profound than actually seeing something as feeling something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, if you don't feel right, there's nothing really you can do about that. You know what I mean? You, you can't, can't confront a feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to just accept it and kind of deal with it. So, I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you think about hearing stuff like that? Like, how does that affect you at all, or does it? I love the pause. <laughs> I, I always love the pause. It's, and and I will not be offended. You know, I love yeah, you. I just, yeah, I, I guard my words, man, uh, only because the intention is not to be like a jackass about no, it and the intention is not to not to say that I, I I don't believe you or because I truly believe that you you saw what you saw and you believe what you believe and you felt what you felt um, I personally don't see it as supernatural because I don't know all of the circumstances like and, th- and that's what it comes down to I mean I'm hearing the story secondhand I'm not right. there Right. And and it's and it's the same as hearing that somebody said something about such and such. Uh, what are you going to do about it? I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to ask that person, hey, what did you say and and what did you mean by it? Right. So it's the same thing, except for I can't confront anybody. I can't go and see this experience or replay it. Like I, it's like I'm just taking it at face value and I can't say whether or not it makes me believe or not believe. But, you know, my feelings on it. Like, I, I mean, and. Again, this is not to sound like a jackass, but you know, like every time somebody tells a story or you tell a story, you know what I think, you know what I believe and how it's going to make me feel. And when you ask me, <laughs> what do you think about that? No, and I, that's and I, why there's a pause, because like, you know what I'm going to say. But I but right? I and but, I feel like I feel like, you know, that I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say that that's not supernatural. Right. And like, I just feel like that's I, I, I don't want to say I don't want to like. I don't want to make you feel like I'm discrediting oh, you. You know what I mean? No, I know. And, and that's where, like, but I'm... That's where the pause comes from. And, no, and, and, and I, I know it. that. And it, when you say, but when he says, like, I want to guard my words, like, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> like, like yeah. I want you to come on and be like, I think it's bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's because we, we get it. Like, yeah. we're friends, you know? Like, want, I'd want you to be just brutally honest. Yes. And, and that's the thing, too, is I'm, I'm open-minded and open-hearted enough that I, I don't take it but as that's a, the thing. a that's personal attack. That's why I want to guard my words, because while I might say, yeah, it's bullshit, it's not bullshit because you felt it, you experienced it, you did what, like, this was you, right? That's like me saying, hey, uh, you know, I experienced racism in high school and somebody saying, oh, that's bullshit. Like, well, yeah, because you didn't experience it, right? Or you may think that I didn't, I didn't go through that, right? But, but I did, right? Oh, there's racism in the world. Oh, that's bullshit. That's not, it's not racist anymore. Yes, the fuck it is, right? But that's what I go through. That's not what you go through. So yeah, that's, it's, just, it's the same, it's the, the same, same thing. Sh- yeah, same thing. It's so, the same thing. Here, here's a very interesting story I'll tell you guys. So, so this is really cool and it, and, it, and, it's, and it happens, I can look at it from when it happened, like seeing it from my eyes when it happened and now looking at it because of, of things that I obviously know now of getting older. So, and it's, the perfect time to talk about it because it's December. So my, <laughs> my father is, oh. is, is awesome. And he, and he is probably one of the 
the he was like the biggest advocate of trying to make me and my sister's Christmas is special, you know, with like, you know, like Santa Claus is real. Like Santa Claus is real. I love and, him already. Right. You know what I mean? And just, just kind of like he's real and like he would do shit where like he would call somebody. I don't even know who the hell was on the other line, but I could hear them. You know, like I just talked to him like he's he told me what's Making going it on. magical. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like there were so many things like and my dad told me that when he was a kid, he like in the middle of one night, like he woke up and like caught him and they like talked. <laughs> like so there's these stories that he told me that I believed as a kid. And, you know, so when I was a kid. We were coming home once, and I, I, it was like the beginning or mid-December, and it was already dark out, um, and we walked into my backyard, and, um, you know, uh, I'm walking in the, the back breezeway, and all of a sudden, I, I, I hear my dad go, what's that? And he's, like, look, and he's like, what's that in the backyard? And we turn around, and there's a pink bike that was for my sister, and... It was like one of those days where it's like, you know, you come home from school, you, you, uh, he, like he would, we park the car in the garage, you, he locks the garage, we walk into the back of the house, we go inside, that's it. So I don't know how he pulled this off to this day, but I literally walked with him, like from the garage into the house. Next thing I know, he's like, what's that behind you? There's a bike there that wasn't there 10 seconds ago. And I'm like, I'm like, where did that come from? And then he's like, he's like, oh my God, he's like, Santa must have dropped it off. And so literally he's like, he's like, there he goes. And I literally look to the, in, to the left and in the porch, I literally, literally to this day can still see it. It was the feet of the reindeer flying by the window with like sparkles falling from the feet. Like I legit saw that shit. Like, like legit, I saw that, like vividly right, saw it to the right. point, like to the point where I was like, holy shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like to this day, I can still see it. Right. Ran out of the house. I'm looking up in the sky. I can't see shit. My dad's like, he's got to be over there. Like, I'm like, where the fuck is? I just saw it. I just legit saw this shit. Like, I'm not, this isn't so, but now magic dust for Santa Claus. <laughs> right. But it's like, now it's like, you know, I'm older. I know that that was not real and I, it was my imagination, but it really goes to prove like how powerful your mind is and Absolutely. how, and how it can make you see things that are not there because you, you, you want to see things. Right. So, you know, like now I understand like Santa Claus isn't real. You know, I understand what whoa, my, whoa, whoa, whoa. well, for those, <laughs> if we have you, some, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so I know that now as an adult and I understand what my dad was trying to do. And of course, you know, I will continue those things with my kids because I understand how much they meant to me. So I want to, to give my kids the same experience when that happens. But, you know, it's it also, I think, chucks it up to Cooley's point and to, to all of our points is that, you know, it's like you weren't there. You didn't experience it. So you don't understand what happened at that moment. But at that moment, that shit was so real to me that I can't even describe it. But I also have the unique perspective of being a kid and now being an adult and knowing that that wasn't actually there and that isn't real, but I still remember seeing it and I can still see it. So your mind can actually have a, a big effect on what you see. And I think that was kind of full circle here what Bruce Calvert was talking about. He's like, well, maybe your grandmother was thinking about it subconsciously and then saw that. 
So yeah, right respect, but who knows? Right. You know? And I think it speaks to the proliferation of like folklore and mythology, you know, where people are seeing and telling and retelling and telling and retelling again and again because they believe it and they want their children and so on and so forth to believe it. So I, you, it creates those preconceived notions. Right. Yeah. When I hear black and white photography, I think of pictures of Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. <laughs> So basically, say, say, say <laughs> what you want, but don't. <laughs> Every time I sing this song, I want to go, my erection, but do, do. I wish Michael just said, I'm going to buy your publishing rights. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. Uh, MJ. Yeah. Ah, uh, hey. Respect, Michael Jackson. Respect. So, yeah, a preconceived notion of what he thinks of black and white photos makes sense, you know? So, well, I don't know, man. I mean, we're, we're coming up on a little over an hour here, so I just... I oh, just, damn! Yeah, man, so I, I just want to... Um, I, I have one, one thing, though. Yeah, one thing. One thing. One thing and up. One thing. One more thing. Slew around. <laughs> I think I can find him. Hold on a second. Where is he? <laughs> Hey, what's going on? I want to know if Lou had any paranormal experiences. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, matter, matter, matter of fact, I did, yes. Just this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. What What happened? Uh, I, 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 I experienced what, what some would call a ghost. Where was it? In my bathroom, I I took a dump, the worst dump of my freaking week, and all of a sudden, I mean, I was sweating. I mean, this this is a big one. This was like, I don't know, if, I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with the kid and the whale jumping over his head. Free Willy. That's one, and. <laughs> That whale, huge, right? That's what it felt like I was releasing, all right? Into the wild? Into my toilet bowl. I was sweating, and I was probably even clawing my leg because it hurt so freaking bad. And uh, so I get up after I wipe my bum, and there ain't nothing in there. Ghost poop. <laughs> That's something I can get behind. Yeah. I Ghost mean- poop. Yeah, that happens, you know. It's yeah, like, it happens to the best of us. And I'm pretty damn good. It's like when you take a shit and it comes out so fast that it hits the water and the water hits you in the ass. You look in there, there's nothing there. Did it ever burn? Yep. Ooh, I've had that. Yeah, that sucks. That's right, usually after you have buffalo chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Something spicy. So, But anyway, on that note. Yeah. So um, Everything comes back to poop. Oh, man. So, uh... Jay and um, and Uncle Lou, um, yeah, yeah. I just gotta. I want to thank you for coming on, man, because this is this is awesome, man. Having you as a guest, yeah. we, you know, we it was so good to talk to you about this stuff because I like hearing about your experiences. I like your outlook on things, um, and I definitely, I feel like we're on the same quote unquote wavelength sometimes hey, with that stuff. And I feel like uh, Cooley oh. is actually the kind of like you know the the skeptic, obviously, and and I like that. I like that go back and forth and like you tell a story, I tell a story and then he throws in his thoughts about it and it, it gives you an outside eye. But too, like it, to, I, obviously I think you feel it and I feel it and, and I'm sure I don't mean to speak for any of you, but I, I feel like 
you and Cooley are on the same wavelength. Oh yeah. Cooley and I are on the same wavelength. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. We found like this there's a common thread between us. Right. Like, right. You know, like yeah. no matter what. And, and and I love that. So I mean there's there's something to be said about like what brings people together, you know, that commonalities that are drawn, you know. I agree, man. I love it, man. I agree. Yes. So um yeah, I mean, with that, I definitely want to kind of, you know, end today's episode, man. This week was awesome. Um, we definitely uh, are going to be releasing the winner of the um, the giveaway that we were going to do, and that's going to be released on Twitter and on Facebook. So uh, make sure you're checking that. Um, whoever are the winners, whoever the winners are, you guys will be kind of notified uh, individually. Not just um, kind of, but definitely yeah yeah obviously yeah well yeah i don't know why i said kind of that makes no sense but we will notify you individually and tell you that you are the winner and then kind of um talk about uh, what the steps are from there but uh we will let you guys know um probably within then you know the next 24 hours yeah there are all kinds of like terms and conditions and and things like that you're gonna have to look through and sign have your lawyer present um just get that stuff ready so that when we do notify you um you're just ready to go yeah so if, if you need if you need a great lawyer, um, there's one in Rhode Island, uh, Robert Salter. Um, he is great. <laughs> you can find him uh, in Rhode Island, in East Providence. Uh, Robert Salter is a plug. <laughs> Robert Salter. There it is. Robert Salter of Salter and Michelson. <laughs> Checks in the mail, buddy. <laughs> he's great. He's, he's my lawyer. He's, he's one of my. Is lawyers. he really? Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah he's my uh, service mark and trademark lawyer. There you go, man. Great guy. So yeah, if you. If you're looking for great service marks and trademarks, go see. <laughs> I like how you laugh at the vegan I know, right? Go see Robert Salter from Salter and Michelson. <laughs> He's there for your service mark and trademark needs. Salter and Michelson, <laughs> serving Rhode Island for years. <laughs> I yes. love it. Fill in whatever amount of years you want. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Cool. You got anything else to add? Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. All of it. Yeah. Redbeard Podcast. YouTube. We're there. All right, guys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on a second. We talking plugs? I'm going to give you plugs. I don't mean the kind you put on your head. (laughs) Or the kind you put in your engine. You can follow Wicked Lou on Instagrams at Wicked Lou, Wicked with a Y, W-I-C-K-E-D-L-O-U, Wicked Lou, on Instagram for a wicked good time. <laughs> and uh, what's, going, what, what's up with uh, Thy Will Be Done, man? Where, where can we yeah, dude, what's check going out on your stuff? That? Oh, well, thanks. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash Thy Will Be Done. And we're on Instagram at underscore T-W-B-D underscore. Yeah, and on Twitter at TWBD. Word, word, man. All right, well, that does it this week for Redbeard Podcast. Uh, make sure you guys, uh, you know, stay tuned for those winners, and we will catch you guys next week. <laughs> That's it. Peace. Later.